Welcome here to Shortcut to Sunday. Uh, I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And uh, this uh, podcast is going to take us through the readings for the beginning part of, uh, of, of the uh, Sunday. This is for Sunday, November 18th. Uh, and uh, now, Bruce, I, I didn't... This is not going to be part of our lectionary readings, uh, but uh, uh, they're, they're, they are part of year B. It's one so of the options. There will be uh, some churches that, that, that read uh, this really long uh, reading from uh, 1 Samuel. And I had a couple of questions uh, uh, on it. So before uh, we passed up the opportunity on it, I kind of wanted to, to, to delve in real quick just because uh, um, there, there's some interesting stuff going on on here. So and correct me if I'm saying any of these names wrong, too. No uh, but uh, so 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 Elkanah is uh, the patriarchal figure in this story. Right. And right. Uh, uh, he give uh, uh, when he sacrificed uh, on the day when Elkanah sacrificed. Uh, he'd give uh, more portions or portions to his wife, uh, Panina, Panaya, Panera. Say it boldly. Okay, Panina, Panina. Let's go. And I like the the, the Nina, Panina, uh, uh, and to all her sons and daughters. Uh, but to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. Uh, so uh, a, a barren individual here uh, in 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 Hannah, uh, lover of. Elkanah here is this uh um it, it, what what's the what's the deal he gives his sacrificial portions to his wife and sons and daughters and then there's this lady well they had polygamy there <clears throat> okay yeah so sure it, it was another wife okay if i'm reading if i'm reading it right i and i wondered about that because it it goes on for like 15 more verses and then then she finally gets mentioned i think as his wife uh uh, who uh, in verse nineteen Elkanah knew, so that was this always the sign of a strong marriage. Like <laughs> I know you. <laughs> That's a nice thought, man. <laughs> because act, actually, that is that old thing of yes, he knew her in a biblical way. <clears throat> sure. So it actually did mean that they that they had sex. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, but- but he, presumably, since this is a that's good what that guy's... phrase is specifically referring to. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That that verb. not just like a recognition of like, hey, you've finally come home. Right. You look familiar. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> no, okay. Not that way. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So so um uh her, her rival it, it in in back in verse six uh, her rival used to provoke her severely to irritate her. Are we referring to Panina there? Yeah. So it, okay, it's the classic reality tv show of uh wifely rivalry within a polygamous marriage i gotcha i gotcha okay all right uh and and uh and then elkanah being uh traditional clueless husband uh starts to ask her like hey why are you sad why don't you eat something uh uh am i and this is my favorite uh uh, part of this reading am i not more to you than 10 sons (laughs) Uh, i mean i'm assuming uh, the 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 writer here uh, took the opportunity to leave out the obvious answer of uh, no, right? <laughs> and and one of the big dynamics is that when he dies, whenever that happens, if she is still living, she would be relying upon sons to take care of her. Okay, that 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 was the social security system were the sons that a woman gotcha wore. because Elkanah was so good. He was gonna eat. He could take care of her ten times more than any of her sons could. You know that mm-hmm. she, if she were, she were so blessed to have. But once he died, everything would go to the sons. Gotcha. All the inheritance. Gotcha. And 
So one of the major underlying themes when we see relationships between men and women through the Hebrew scriptures is that women have so little power, authority, and status that they very much have to rely on their sons in order to keep them, themselves from falling into poverty or, or prostitution okay, once yeah, okay. their uh, husbands die. Now, I've, I've, um, I remember hearing a story, uh, uh, something like that. Uh, was that, was that uh, Brigham Young? Uh, was uh, what there? Were, I I seem to remember. I was in Salt Lake City uh, earlier this year, uh -huh. late last year, uh, and I seem to remember that being one of the stories uh, uh, of 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 his that after the war, after the Civil War, uh, that was his gift back to the community was uh, marrying all these uh, women who were uh, uh, now widowed yeah, widowers uh, or widows. Yeah, yeah. I had not heard that, but. No, no okay. putting, putting you on the spot for some some knowledge, uh, and and uh, uh, we don't fact check here, so <laughs> it's good to, good enough, good enough. Great. Um, so uh, um, what I what I think is really funny about this story is is Hannah then goes uh, and she starts uh, uh, um, praying uh, to God and Eli, uh, the the uh, um, is he like the the temple keeper, the the, the priest, the 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 he's, he's sort of the I, you know the holy dude, the holy dude. Oh, yeah, okay, holy dude. I think dude. that's in verse eighty three. Yes, yeah. Uh, it was it was on his business cards. Right. Let's just say, yeah. yeah. He'll be an ongoing character of the the person who's pretty clearly most of the time communicating God's presence okay. or, or symbolizing it even when he shows up on the scene. Okay. So he's like the human herald yeah. uh, of, of sorts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, he witnesses her praying. Uh, and, uh, but of course to his eyes, uh, it couldn't possibly be that she's praying. It, her lips are moving, but no sound is coming out. So therefore she's drunk. Right. Uh, is there any reason that that was the logical leap? Uh, at least, I mean, cause it, it's written, so that you know, that's there. There's a small bit, a little bit of a point being made to say that. What's the reason? <laughs> does it have like a social, like a social significance, like uh, of any sort, or like why does he? Well, I, th I, th I, th I'm going to guess. Speak for the human herald. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to speak for poor <laughs> the herald Eli, of the herald. Who can now no longer defend himself <laughs> that he was being sexist. Okay, and. <clears throat> Here was uh, a woman who should have been off doing better things with her free time than hanging around being drunk in the temple. Gotcha. And there's also a dimension of any, you know, so many humans today, Christian, other denominations, if they saw someone simply standing, sitting, kneeling, making no sounds with their lips moving and looking really intense, would be frightened of the look of that person. Okay. Would think. Oh, there's there's another crazy person on out there on the street or in my church or wherever it is, hmm. um, unless it was during the times between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning. That the that's where you're allowed. It, <laughs> that's where it's allowed. We're outside of our of our of our prayer work hours, right? And so therefore, drunk. Right. <laughs> gotcha. I right. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, there was not a presumption of everyday holiness. <clears throat> okay. Even though it's the holy book, but even though it's the Bible, one of the great uh, features of the Bible is it really does take people as humans uh -huh. and describes them rather than cleans things up. And so Eli was being judgmental because even though he himself uh, tried to exercise quite a bit of holiness in his life, he had very low expectations for the people around him. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. So, 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 calling out a little bit of hypocrisy, maybe right. Uh, 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 accidentally, because uh, it's not exactly a prominent feature in, in especially the uh, the the Old Testament, but calling out a little bit of sexism there. Well, um, maybe it's more prominent if oh, we look for it. Oh, oh, I, I sense a series. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so you need to you need to come Sunday mornings at right. nine o'clock and. We'll uh, we'll have a we'll Here's have a whole more. we'll have a whole section on 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 uh, where there's those those are oh, yeah. being called out. Interesting. Okay. All right. Because that yeah that would not have been my uh, my, my initial reaction. Of, right. Like that's actually kind of surprising for the Old Testament. Yeah. But <laughs> Sex, it, sexism, it, I thought, abounded in in, <laughs> in certain <laughs> scriptures. Uh, well, certainly it's there. I'm not going to try to deny that. But it off, often a more inclusive view of how humans should be treated is is in the Hebrew scriptures in the in the Old Testament. <clears throat> And we overlook it because mm-hmm. we read it with our own prejudices or the prejudices of the, the cultural era we're sitting in. Okay. And it might be we presume the worst of these sets of scriptures and so presume they're sexist mm-hmm. um, rather than seeing that maybe the, the men are being called out here a little bit. I got you. I got you. Uh, well, like I said, it's a super long scripture, right. and we've already, we've already, I, I already got my, my, my questions in and, and, and got to divulge. Uh, uh, some of my weird uh, thought patterns, but um, uh, for those of you uh, following along that won't be hearing this reading, uh, she ends up getting to uh, bear a son, and God hears her prayer, and, and he, he turns out to be one of the greatest prophets uh-huh. in the in the Scripture, actually, therefore in the human race. There you go, good old Samuel. They're good old Samuel, exactly. Just to give so, away the punchline, yeah. And this and that's uh, this is obviously not a. Um, uh, I'm going to stick on it for a second. Uh, <laughs> this is obviously not a a, a, a story that, that we hear only for the first time. It has, there's, there's mirroring to previous stories as well, talking about uh, um, uh, dealing with uh, um, um, infertility right. and God blessing someone with a child. Birth and child Abraham, becoming, from uh, Sarah. But also uh, the, the kind of a... a Precursor, kind of, uh, yeah, yeah, kind of a precursor, but also, but uh, there, there's kind of a, a, you know, a dividing line uh, on a family on on a family line on a tree of mm-hmm. where it, you know the the fork in the road and you know this on this this line goes on to do this and this line goes on to to, right. to do that and they both have their own greatness in their own way and, and right so. and, and the precursor just to be explicit is Mary and Jesus, yeah, 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 exactly. Blue. Exactly. Without Although, Mary ever being called drunk, that we know. <laughs> that we know. <laughs> Thank God we threw those ones out. Right. <laughs> you read the apocrypha instead. <laughs> no, but uh, it's not there. Um, so Daniel, 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 twelve verses one through three. Uh, this one is uh, uh, short enough that I will I will go ahead and just kind of read it out loud so that, uh, that mm-hmm. we have it as part. Uh, of uh, of this podcast, but at, at that time, Michael, the great prince, the protector of your people, shall arise. There shall be a time of anguish such as ne- has never occurred since nations first came into existence. But at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to life everlasting and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Uh, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Um, Michael. Archangel. The Archangel Michael. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's a prince. Well, that's one of the titles that, he, that archangels okay. are given. Yeah. 
I'm I'm not sure of the Hebrew word right there at this moment, but I believe it's similar. It's, it's an el, it's a, a a figure fairly high up in the hierarchy. Okay. So, okay. Um, Prince could very well simply be a, a Hebrew translation, but again, I don't want to. Even though we're not fact checking, I don't want to lie. So so uh, so, so th- this seems to be foretelling of an event to come. Right. It, what is is that um, is that a general time frame? Is that a specific occurrence? Like, what is this? What is this? Uh, this foretelling? Great question, and it depends very much on one's spiritual heritage. There are groups of uh, Christians and Jews, uh, different from each other most of the time, who see this as a definite foretelling of the end of times, and depending on their particular uh, perspective and values on history, will say, yes, this is happening now, it's happening 10 years from now, it's happening 100 years from now, uh, and we even have some denominations within the United States, like the Seventh-day Adventists, who were founded on the basis of taking the Daniel passages and the passages from the book of Revelation primarily, and a little bit from the Gospels, but very little, in order to say the world's coming to an end, we got to get our act together, get in your bed sheets and get on the top of the mountain because this date is the date. Mm. They're standing on top of the mountain, or they were standing on top of the mountain. The date didn't come, and they go, "Oh, no, not yet." <laughs> and they find you know, we, they we, develop a denomination. We see those we, we see those folks in the news every couple of years, if I'm right. not mistaken. And, we, uh, and when the centuries <clears throat> change over, that's really typical. Uh, but what Jesus says is, "Only God knows the time and the date." So mm-hmm. the attempts we have as humans to interpret these scriptures. To, to reveal a certain time or date are not just hopeless, but they're kind of um, unfaithful. Gotcha. And is, obviously, what, what what's being said there is is uh, um, if you're trying to look for that, you're you're missing the point. Right. But to take it strictly, for those of you playing at home, if you think you know when the world is going to end, you're wrong. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guess again. Guess again. <laughs> so interesting. Okay, very cool. Very neat. Um, some some lucky reader is going to be very pleased that he or she has been tasked with uh, uh, this one as opposed to the the Samuel reading. Right. Um, uh, not that it isn't a lovely story. Uh, it has not some tough words it. for it. It's got some tough words, and and God bless all those names uh, in the Old Testament and trying to pronounce them. They're a t- they're a ton of fun. So. Um, the, the, the next, uh, uh, reading for the Sunday, November 18th is out of Hebrews. Um, and it's, uh, it's about, it's about 14, 15, uh, verses long, but, uh, let's, let's, uh, um, I won't read all of that, uh, uh here, but mm-hmm. the, the, the important parts of, of this passage, what's the, what's the, uh, the, the concept that this is, uh, trying to tackle here? Well, a big part of it is that in the tradition as interpreted by this writer, there. let me start over that thought. In the tradition as interpreted by the writer of the, of the letter to the Hebrews, the faithful people leading up to the time of Jesus counted on 
the priests in the Jewish temple offering sacrifice to make them right with God, uh-huh. and that people who are faithful after Jesus walked the earth, died, and was resurrected no longer need that, instead have Jesus as the one who makes them right with God. Okay. Quick, you know, that's the quick summary. It's an oversimplification, of course. Good. Moving on. No, I'm just <laughs> But yeah, it gets you through the night. Is there any is, is there anything in there that like uh, you would you would point out? Because I think uh, full disclosure for uh, those listening who, are, who who will be attending uh, our church service, this is not the verse that you are are preaching on the, on 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 Sunday. Or Complete or do we delve? Full disclosure uh-huh. is the Reverend Kathy Gray will be giving ah. the sermon. So. I get to say whatever I want tonight. No, she, she, she's a lot smarter than you I are. know. <laughs> so she'll say things completely contradictory to what I say on this. <laughs> wait podcast. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> no, no, let, let's 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 uh, let's address that issue and get that out of the way. Yeah. Uh, 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 we should. A completely different interpretation. I don't understand what you're talking about because uh, um, this is this is scripture here, Bruce. I mean, this is this this can only be interpreted one way. Yes. Ha <laughs> That's one of the great things about being an Episcopalian and, and other Christian denominations and Jewish traditions as well, is that we see any piece of scripture as open to numerous interpretations and that the Holy Spirit guides us to what we need in our own lives if we're doing personal scripture interpretation or a church community uh, can come together and interpret a scripture or an entire large piece of, uh, in our case, the Episcopal Church. So on any given Sunday, even though every Episcopal Church will be having the majority of the scripture lessons identical, you're likely to hear, if you well, maybe through the miracle of the internet, you could hear a hundred different sermons. You'd hear a hundred different connotations on any given scripture. They probably won't contradict a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But they'll they'll each preacher will find a different feature that they feel God is leading them to say that Sunday, and hopefully it's because there's one person or the entire congregation needs to hear it, or maybe just the preacher needs to hear it, mm. and it's important enough on, on that level. But we don't have a tradition of as Episcopalians of taking Scripture literally or with a sense of inerrancy. Instead, we think the Holy Spirit leads us year by year. So, for instance, I've been giving sermons for dozens of years, well, yeah, almost three dozen years, and I've never repeated a sermon because each time these lessons come up every three years, there's something different that's important to say. Hmm. Uh, So, yeah, it's very likely that Kathy Gray will say something that we don't even touch on to. during this conversation. Right. And, 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 and to put it out there ahead of time, if you say something and she says something different, you're wrong, right? That's the, that's the way we're, that's the way we're doing. The great Episcopal truth is we're both wrong and we're both right. Oh man. Yeah. And that, God see, now, is found in the midst. Now of you sound like my, uh, like, like my, my, my college art professor, like, well, I'm saying, you know, it's yep. neither wrong nor right. <laughs> it's about what it says to you. <laughs> he was being so kind to you. <laughs> 
that was really the 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 uh, the the, uh, the way the teacher the the professor uh, took the out of like I just don't feel like explaining it to you. Yeah, you're not worth that kind of time for me. <laughs> We're gonna move on. Yeah. yeah, and that's one of the fun things about the Episcopal Church. It's the opposite, mm-hmm. where everyone gets the time to explain it to themselves, to whoever they might be talking with. Maybe it's a yeah. conversation with just themselves and God. Yeah. I mean, look at me. You no, you would never put me on a podcast. And yet here, you and are. Yet here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but okay. So, so, uh, so, so Reverend Kathy Gray will be uh, speaking on, mm-hmm. on Mark 13, one through eight, or at least that will be the primary focus. Because as 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 is uh, as a little bit of information, as as is often the case, some of these readings do inform each other. There's oh, a, yeah. a lot of times there's a central theme um, or um, uh, an Old Testament story announcing or pronouncing you know an event to come, and then the New Testament right. uh, reading will be the 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 manifestation of that uh, of that foretelling. Um, so not to say that she won't dabble in some of these other areas, but mm-hmm. it sounds it, from, for my money, I would assume that Mark here would be the, uh, the central focus of, of a theme or a thesis for a, for a homily. It's a safe guess, but we shouldn't presume on what the Holy Spirit is going to say to her. There you go. There you go. And we're pre-taping this. So who knows right. uh, it, that, that there could be uh, there could be something worth mentioning that, that occurs between now and then that would inform this discussion completely differently. And people can check out the sermon on YouTube and see how it turned out. Yeah. Again, if I do my job right, yes, they can. <laughs> Um, so okay, Mark thirteen. Yeah. Um, let's let's dig right into that. And this is another nice short one. Uh, and since we're since we're on uh, we're, we're on twenty some minutes, uh, mm-hmm. people are really building up a sweat on their workout, and uh, and and so I have enough time that I can go and I can actually read this myself because uh, uh, um, um, I love the sound of my own voice, which is not true. Um, so as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, "Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings." Then Jesus asked him, do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, tell us, when will this be and what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When when you hear of wars or in rumors of wars do not be alarmed this must take place but the end is still to come for nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom there will be earthquakes in various places there will be famines this is but the beginning of the birth pangs so um right i love how this verse uh starts mm-hmm. because to me it, a lot of times these these stories that involve the disciples uh, seem to me to to go out of their way to show how dumb they are. Oh, definitely in the gospel of Mark. <laughs> and I love, I love the it. It's such a simplistic cry that they make. Teacher, what large stones? What large buildings? It always reminds me, it always reminds me of Little Red Riding Hood encountering the wolf. <laughs> so, um. I, I take this as a, it's a little bit of a chastisement immediately from Jesus of saying uh, that doesn't matter. Right. And, and I'm assuming that's the, that's kind of the point that the, the, because at the time that we're, we're talking about, you know, the temple, this is, this is a holy site. This is a highly revered 
location, him calling uh, or foretelling its destruction would have carried, I, correct me if I'm wrong here, but would have carried a little bit of, of, uh, of um, uh, concern throughout the community as someone calling for, and he's not advocating, but right. he's, he's, he's foretelling the destruction of a holy site. Uh, that could get him in trouble with some certain people. Am I wrong exactly. on that? Exactly, and it, it is brought up in his trial before Pontius Pilate, uh, out out of context. But yes, it, it stuck in people's <laughs> well, minds as a um, <clears throat> unpatriotic thing to say, to put it mm, lightly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The other dimension that we may not realize, because when we think of them talking about the temple, we may think of a great cathedral or something like that. The temple at the time of Jesus, which this was uh, not the original temple, this is one that uh, Herod built Uh to impress the rich folks all over the Roman Empire to draw in trade and... Clearly it worked. Clearly it worked. What large stones. What large stones. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And so it was considered to be crucial to the economy. Uh It was crucial to the political power that... Herod was trying to maintain over a fairly rowdy population mm-hmm. and as well as a place of religious function. So this was this was essentially like the hub. This is the not hub. necessarily uh, serving the function of like a capital, but still like this central location. Uh, people would visit this site daily for right. for basic necessities, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. As far as the culture goes, like you. The the trading would would occur around out and around uh, yeah. this location, mm-hmm. and and in order to survive, uh, you would you would almost regularly go to this this it, area. It would be where you'd go to network to meet powerful people from other parts of the Roman Empire. It was it was the shopping mall. It was the it was a political center for meetings and mm-hmm. networking, and in part of Jesus's objection that. Uh, is strong in the Gospels is that those other functions were overwhelming the religious function of the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was uh, extremely large uh, and lots and lots of courtyards and porticos mm-hmm. and what we now say conference rooms and yes. um, cafes and stores. and yeah. So it was the Mall of America, but with... Uh, portion of it dedicated to the religious functionality gotcha and and the seat of power now is, is this the same location that he ends up uh turning over tables yes uh, okay very much so okay so he this is almost a precursor this takes place before in mark he, he, yeah. he, he uh, drives out the the money lenders and the right. money exchange uh folks and, and tips over tables which is one of our you know highly revered stories as to you know he loses his cool and and right. shows shows a little bit of that humanity that that uh, that 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 he had. Um, yeah, uh, literally the definition of righteous anger for there a lot you go. of people. Yeah, so um, that, that's a whole other twenty minutes. We <laughs> there you go. So um um so that's 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 interesting. Uh, and and this is another example uh, yet again where the disciples come and they're like, so give us the inside track on this. Uh, yeah. And it kind of to me mirrors a lot of that uh, that conversation. Who amongst us are going to sit at your right? You know, who, mm-hmm. who's going to be? Who's the greater of us? And who's going to be at your right hand? Who's going to have power? And who's going to have power? And hey, tell us about when is this going to happen? Because I kind of want to know. And uh, and they're trying to get the inside scoop and they get shut down pretty hand- handedly and. Well, and it also wouldn't surprise me if 
they were disappointed to hear that they weren't going to get to move in to this grand palace of religious authority mm-hmm. and function. That, after all, they were following perhaps the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And one of the dreams for people looking for the Messiah was that the Messiah would be a political leader. Right. And, and right. religious. P- political, governmental. Yeah, that they were going to throw off the, the, the chains, the, the burden of the Roman Empire and establish uh, their nation or their kingdom uh, here on earth. So, so that kind of convert, that kind of concept was, had, had a very different meaning to, to, to the people of this time. Correct. Yeah. They were not, um, nearly as interested in heaven as on earth, as an earth in terms of the function of the Messiah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the way that Christians see the Messiah is, uh, essentially a post Jesus development. It's not what people at the time of Jesus were expecting of the Messiah and the, even though there are various prophecies around it that we now use to to reinforce the idea of the suffering servant and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, much of the expectation, in part, in no small part, because the Romans were so oppressive, was that the Messiah would free them of the Romans. Mm-hmm. So it, for me, anyway, it's easy to imagine Peter, James, John, and Andrew thinking as they walk through the temple with the big stones and all that, yeah, we'll be moving in here in a year or two. Right, you know, I'll right. get the corner off. We're going to be moving on up. <laughs> yeah. And so to hear Jesus say, you're not going to... And what have the Romans ever done for us? <laughs> right. <laughs> and so to have Jesus say, no, you're not getting the corner office, and it's all going to be pushed over and destroyed, was um, at the very least disappointing and mm-hmm. probably disorienting for Jesus' even closest followers. Hmm. So despite his best efforts, uh, uh, Jesus uh, has to continue to remind them uh, it's not about permanent fixtures. It's not about um, um, immediacy. Uh, this this right. is going to take time. There's going to be wars. You're going to hear wars and rumors of wars. Don't be alarmed. This is all going to take place. And it's not so much like, you're going to have to fight for this. It's more talking about like this is it, it's going to take a while, uh, or at least that's my put it. that's my interpretation of it. Is not necessarily a call to arms like, hey, you're going to hear about wars. That's going to have to happen. You're going to have to be a part of it. It's more talking of like you know this is it's this is the human condition. This yes yes. I mean, and, and again, that I I I automatically went to an interpretation that's very strong in the Episcopal Church and and other uh, portions of. The, Christianity, that what Jesus is talking about here is how life is, how it's been at the time of Jesus for thousands of years, how it's going to be for thousands of years. And there are other Christians that interpret this as a checklist as to what has to happen before Jesus comes back. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. But for us, we see what Jesus says here, and it goes on for many verses afterwards to amplify it, is words of hope so that no matter how bad things are getting, no matter how much violence and war and natural disasters are taking place, that doesn't mean that God is causing them and is about to wipe out the human race. Mm. Yeah. That instead we are to be freed of that, that fear and those concerns and simply... Simply is the wrong word to use, but to to live lives as good, loving people in the name of Christ, and that will get us through us being the collective 
rather than the individual through these times of fear and horror and devastation. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, with that, I think I think that about does it. Uh, uh, th that's a um, th that's the uh, the end of the readings. Uh, of course, uh, this this is in no way to suggest that you have gotten uh, your your uh, your your ch churchly duties out of the way. Uh, but uh, we definitely want to encourage you to still come and and participate uh, for the November eighteenth uh, ho uh, services. Hopefully, this will give you a little bit of insight uh, behind. Uh, the service itself, and and uh, and come with a little bit of uh, knowledge in the back of your mind, and I, I do remember this uh, this That's topic. Right. So uh, so if we, please join us then. Uh, we'll be uh, we'll be putting out a next uh, uh, our next episode next week, and uh, uh, join us for that as well. Uh, I've been Ben. I've been Bruce, and I still am. <laughs> and this is Shortcut the Fat Sunday. Thank you very much. <laughs>